Welcome to the Retrospect Podcast, a show where people come together from different walks of life and discuss a topic from their generation's perspective. My name is Ian, and as always, I'm joined by Stoney. Hello. Jason. Hello, everyone. And today we have a very special guest. His name is Brandon. Uh, hey, y'all. My name is Brandon. I am in a, the opinion editor for the LSU Reveille. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. I'm really excited to get this show started today. Thank no, you we're absolutely yeah, this, glad to have you. Thank you so much for coming. When we were doing some research on the Madison Brooks story, um, part one, uh, this will be part two, um, your story, your, your uh, editorial, I guess, because if you're the editor, it would be an editorial, wouldn't it, um, mm-hmm. caught our attention. And um, we just felt like we should reach out and get you on board and see what you could add to the to the right. episode. Thanks for coming. I yes. appreciate it. Thank you for this yeah. long drive out here too. By but the way, before, in this weather. Before we get too deep into this, okay, What's I do got? have a, I do have a story that I right. I've, I've given you guys little little bits and pieces here, and I know this is probably going to be I, I I'm just buckling up along for the ride. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to be here. The call before the storm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so for me, I uh, I have something that happened to me last night, actually, and it was very, it kind of was like a revelation moment. I, have, I don't know if anyone else has these kind of like epiphany moments where- Were you in the shower again? Uh, I was not in the shower. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, I was on my sofa. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, and I just feel like um, it's, I, I call it just like an epiphany, a revelation, whatever you want to call it. So there's this old guitar, and it has- it's been around for a while. It's about 10 years old and it has a few, a few dings and nicks here and there. Um, and it has a really old strings. And for anybody who knows anything about old guitar strings, they can look really nasty <laughs> and they also don't sound good. Uh, they can't hold a tune very well and you're supposed to change them out regularly. Well, Mallory wasn't ever told that they just got left on and they became really bad. She wants to try and get rid of this guitar um, because it doesn't sound good, and she thinks that it's not good and it's not worth anything. Um, But I tell her, hold on a minute. Let me try and restring the guitar uh, because I do think it's going to really change it a lot. So I take this guitar, and we, we cut off all the strings, and it feels really good to, like, clean it up, get it all nice, and then restring it all back together. And we I did the whole routine of tuning it and stringing it all up and making it all nice. Um, and it ended up turning, it ended up turning out really, really nice. It sounded great. Um, and what she thought was not worth anything and, and not good, uh, it turned out to be very beautiful again after just a little bit of time and work put into it. And then as as we got finished up and she was kind of falling asleep on the couch, I was playing and just like noodling around, having fun on this guitar and really admiring my, the work that I put into it. <laughs> um, I really got a chance, and this is where that epiphany moment came in. I'm sitting here with this guitar and it, and if, it all of a sudden dawned on me and it feels so much bigger than than just this guitar. And I, and I, and I feel like I'm supposed to tell this to, to you all today. Cause I, I feel like I'm supposed to share this. Um, I looked at this guitar as more of a metaphor for your life, for, for you as a person that 
sure, it may be a little old or it may it may have some scars and some nicks and dings in it from a life long lived and sure it may not be the prettiest or made of the best quality materials. Um but what what do you need to cut out of your life to help make yourself shine and to help breathe new life into you? What Mallory once thought as a guitar that wasn't worth anything really or that wasn't as good as she thought it was. Simply just cleaning off, just cutting out these old strings and putting new ones on there, breathed new life into this instrument and all of a sudden made it into something brand new feeling. And then as I was, as I was really sitting in all of that, all of these thoughts and emotions about this whole thing, I started applying that to my life in a way is what, what are those things that are tying you down and holding you back that you just need to cut out of your life? that feel hard to let go of, but you know you need to let go of it because it's going to make you sound and, and feel and look better. Even though structurally the guitar, even though structurally you as a person may, may have gone through some hardships, you're still solid, this guitar was still it still had the ability to make beautiful music it just needed to go through some work and it, and it, and it may not have been easy because it, it took time and it took being intentional but it was still a beautiful instrument deep down it just took some real work to get there and sometimes I, in life i feel like that is us there are things in life that we need to cut out we need to get rid of to make us a better person. Okay. Anyways, well, thank you for sharing well, so, that. No problem. So hopefully that, that encourages somebody. Hopefully that is some sort of uh, ray of sunshine in someone's dark, stormy day. And for our new listeners, right. um, we will recognize that Ian does his best thinking in the shower. And I right. do mine sitting on the toilet pooping. That's when I have my biggest epiphany. So. Right, right, right. All right. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it, it took a while to get there, I will say. But yeah, yeah. Whenever you finally got there, though, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. So it's like saying that, like, in order to achieve something, often achieving the thing itself is not what's so hard, but it's just right. convincing yourself that it can be done. Right. And that in itself is very easy, but we convince ourselves that it's not. Right. It, it took me maybe 30 minutes to restring the guitar, and it all of a sudden transformed into this whole new thing that was all of a sudden amazing and anybody could love to listen to i figured all this out last night and i really had a chance to really articulate all of it so i'm kind of working okay. through it all here oh, that's fine so that's what the, that's took, what the show is for working <laughs> things right. out it took me a second getting it so. out there anyways so like you said at the top of this episode we're going to be talking we are going to be discussing more and in more detail the tragedy that happened at with madison brooks right I would like to say that when we recorded part one, um, 
and I can tell this, I think, in a fair sense, uh, we drop a new episode every Monday um, at 6 a.m. Uh, we try to record on Thursdays to give our wonderful production team <laughs> uh, time to um, cut, dispense, add, change, whatever we need to until Monday to make the wonderful show that we try to give y'all. Um, we record it on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. A lot of the meat dropped oh, into yeah. the public's eye about the tragedy of Madison Brooks. And with that, I would like to say um, that um, all persons are innocent until proven guilty, even though there is a lot of opinion and published work on the four suspects, um, two for rape and two for principal to rape. Um, this podcast is not here to um, condemn anyone or to convict anyone, but these are our opinions. These are our thoughts, our processes that we go through on a daily basis, being a generational podcast of how a boomer, an X-Gen, and a millennial think of things. So please bear with us. And as always, if you have any um, thing to add to it, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know. But all persons are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Yeah, that's true. But look at the crap that's out there about these people. It's now. a lot of information has been dropping on these uh on I, this incident. I have been using since the podcast, since we recorded it. I said this is ridiculous to me. This this is not Fight Club. There was a movie out there called Fight Club. To me, we said in part one, what is a twenty eight, twenty nine year old doing with four basically high school kids? Yeah, it looked like and, the, and then we most said, of them just graduated right, from He's high got school. no life. What is he doing with them? And then it turns out, to me, it felt like rape club. Instead of fight club, this is a rape club. Hey, guys, let me show y'all what I've done for the last couple of years to go be able to take advantage of drunk girls who are just, you know, out trying to have a good time, but watch how many of them get drunk, and then we're going to take advantage of that. Yeah, it's not only drunk. I mean, like, really drunk. Right. Where they're completely so there is a culture in Tigerland that needs to be addressed. And Mr. Brandon here got brought into it because I read his article and I brought it to y'all's attention and we were like, let's get him on the show. So Brandon, what would you like to add to this? Open us up here, please. Yeah. So, so to, to add to the, the, the rape club comment. Um, so especially if you look at this character, uh, is it, Everett Lee, no, sorry, Kayvon Washington. Okay. Uh, so Everett Lee is 28-year-old, and Kayvon Washington, he's 18. And we, I know this is after y'all's podcast dropped, uh, we, we find out that not only has he, is he involved with this case, he's also involved with another case with a 12-year-old when he was 16 in 2020 in Livingston Parish. I thought that was 15 and 12. Uh, I have it as 16 okay. and 12. Nope, I might fine. be wrong. It's okay. Fox I had it 16 and 12. Okay. Nope, yeah. that's fine. Um, but still unacceptable. None, yeah, nonetheless, right? Yeah, it doesn't change um, anything. But also, uh, there's another occasion at at Reggie's with the same situation where there is another person apparently sexually assaulting uh, a woman, uh, and he and he basically like joined in, you know, the the very unfortunate party that is occurring right there with that, right? So clearly, there is a pattern of this occurring. Mm -hmm. But to speak more broadly to it, this has been a pattern for like probably decades at this point at least for the past 10 years we can we have plenty of sources who will speak on the subject 
Uh, I mean, I personally have been going to LSU since 2017. Uh, I've been aware of this type of situation that's been occurring at Tigerland probably since like 2014. Uh, and I mean, these types of incidents, it's, it, this is not a one-off. This is clearly a pattern that occurs over and over again. I am sure we'll bring up, you know, Fox news says that LSU has, uh, had a, had a backlog of like 300 sexual, uh, sexual assault cases and Yikes. hardly any of them had anything done about actually, them. Actually, if I may yeah, interject, uh, interject into that one, LSU closed nearly 300 oh, sorry, reported sorry, sorry, sorry. sexual assault without discipline in one year. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there's, a, a, there's a college that cl- the, 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 they closed 300 with no discipline. Right, it was 182 sexual assaults from October 1st, 2021 through uh, March 3rd, 2022, and another 126 between April 1st of 2022 to September 30, 2022. And um, it just highlights the problems with rape in general and the challenges of bringing those cases to court and actually prosecuting them because of a lot of times a lot of the victims don't really want to go that route well they, they settle they, these cases 80 percent of them were other closed fa- for other avenues three reasons complainant uh not responsive to outreach complainant requested supportive measures only or complainant requested no further action well, you've got to think that type of thing almost perhaps even plays into the mindset, right? So, like, for example, with you know, if you're a woman who has is you know this very unfortunate type of thing occur to you, uh, you don't want to relive it. I mean, you right. you, you don't want to you don't want to think about it ever again because it's perhaps the you know probably is going to be the worst day of your entire life. So, the fact that there are that there there are no systems in place that that take this into effect and say, Hey, like we know these women aren't going to come to us after this happens because they don't want to, right. but we still need to pursue this to ensure this doesn't happen. Well, and the fact that th- there are no, it doesn't seem like they're being solved just because of that fact. It seems like there's something that could change there. Well, tell didn't me you, didn't you say Jason, that um, most of the rapes or assaults, um, this will be the first one tried without, Right, a victim it's, there. Right, without a victim mm-hmm. there, because generally these cases are, you know, you open up the case. So, someone there's has, a statement yeah, of, right. of of you know of what happened, and and but in this case you don't have that. So uh, the prosecution's going to be moving forward with this. I, I believe they're going to impanel a grand jury on mm-hmm, this. Yeah. Um, they also uh, uh, they I believe they're trying to get it up to a first degree. Right. Which yes. you know, they're trying to move it up. Tell yeah. me, what, what do y'all think about that? Um, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be tough to go to. I, I think the reason they originally went with third degree because that's a lower threshold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not carry the the prison sentence that a first degree uh, carries with it, but. Get you what know, you can. You get what you, you, get can. What you can. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I know people don't want to look at it that way, but a DA will look at it Because if we try for first go, degree and right, we can't get it, right. we can't retry them again. Right. It's, so, it's But let's with. go for the third degree and at least get something for this girl. Let, let's get some some well, justice for her. There's probably some some element there of they think that they're just going to plead it down to third, mm-hmm. 
Whereas if they had charged it with third in the first place, they may have tried to plead that down. And if they pled that down, you know, politically speaking, that's not going to look very good. Right. No. Like they, you know, if, if that occurs, uh, that, that's what I think about that. But Yeah. I mean, this is a, uh, uh, as I said, I, I think this is not the end. I'd be very interested to see how this plays out in court. Um, well, oh, there's a lot of action on this. This is being watched and reported on worldwide. Yeah, Even it is. In England, this is a huge case. People are looking at this just because of this, the scope of the culture well, on college campuses. LSU being. Well, we're, you know, we're LSU right now is in the spotlight because they're huge of, in the spotlight because of on this. this incident. And then you got, if you want to go back, it wasn't rape, but I mean, you still got the Alley Rice. That's, yeah. Allie you got Rice. the Alley Rice situation going on where that girl was, was murdered in her car. And there's been no arrest because I can't, as obviously just there's no information out there of who may have done this, but it's just, it just, just stirs the pot even more mm-hmm. of this idea of like what's going on at LSU. Right. I've spoken to parents that don't want to send their daughters to LSU anymore. And I, I, they're becoming quite, you know, adamant about I'll send her out of state before I'll send her home to LSU. And I'm like, that's just a horrible. Oh, uh, that's you know? not good for LSU. I mean, yeah. LSU, but, you know, granted, in LSU's defense, these things happened off campus. Oh, absolutely. You but know, but if you're going to expose your kid to the LSU experience, you're exposing them to the whole experience of which Tigerland is part of it. Yeah, unfortunately, that, that area is just, I, I've, you know, I'm from, I'm, I'm, I know about that place and, it's just a bad area. I mean, you've got you've got sorority girls, you've got frat, you know, fraternity guys, you've got you got athletes, you've got gangbangers. I mean, you got a bunch of different groups kind of really showing well, up. Originally in, in the in early eighties that you had to have a student ID to even live yeah, in that area. I think they had to And now it's uh, mostly section eight. Yeah, it is. And yeah. that's not a good combination no. for Having Ma- bars that notoriously serve underage people alcohol, massive yeah. amounts of alcohol. And that's that's the root of this culture problem right there in Tigerland. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, the same night that Madison Brooks died, another rideshare driver picked up two, two girls that were muddy, bloodied, and bruised. That they had gotten mugged right across the street. From Reggie's. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is a problem in this area. And, uh, you know, anybody that uh, just right now, I would be very reluctant if I was a girl to want even be anywhere near there. But uh, unless you're with a group and you leave as a group. And, uh, you know, it's just a tragic that, that Madison, unfortunately, left with these four guys and, and, and just, you know. Just terrible deal. I, I, I don't know, but uh, I, I did. You know, uh, there's been some published timelines of events of, of this whole event, and we didn't really talk about that in the last episode. And uh, well, it wasn't out yet. It wasn't out yet. Wasn't but out I've, yet. I've 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 kind of gathered some some uh, uh, some things down just to kind of let our listeners know, just kind of give a an outline of what happened, and um, so. If, if y'all will indulge me, I will kind of briefly kind of go over this real quick to kind of set the stage of of kind of what happened. Sure, absolutely. Um, 
But on Sunday, January 14th, according to video, at 10.06, Brooks, Madison Brooks, she arrives at Reggie's bar. At 10.18, the four male suspects arrive and begin drinking, which three, three of, of them, three of them shouldn't, three of them shouldn't even been there, but they were there drinking. That was Cason Carver, 18 of Denham Springs, Cavion Washington, 18 of Walker, Everett Lee, 28 of Pine Grove, who I believe is the uncle of Washington. Right. Yep. Yes. And then a 17-year-old unidentified juvenile. Uh, at 1 a.m. on Monday, January 15th, video evidence shows Brooks sitting at a stool at Reggie's bar, and she appears to be highly intoxicated, and she was having problems standing up. Well, she got she got up to adjust her pants right. and fell over, exactly. and it took three people and it to was, get her back on her feet. And I believe that the three people that approached her might have been them guys. I, I didn't see that. Um, but on at 1.49 a.m., Brooks and the four male suspects are seen leaving Reggie's. At 1.51, Brooks is seen following the four male suspects toward a location of a parked car. And then uh, at 1.54, Brooks gets in the vehicle with the four male suspects. Now, between that time and the time where the reported fatality occurred, according to Carver, they drove to an undisclosed area and parked. At that point, Carver overhears a 17-year-old juvenile asking if he would, if she would have sex with him, which supposedly or allegedly Brooks allegedly gave consent. Okay, then, I would like to add to that. How do you give consent with a point three one nine? Well, we don't know that at this time, but she was obviously highly intoxicated at this point. That now can we you know. give consent with that type of I alcohol? Don't believe, I don't believe you I, yeah, can. I, I think the law yeah. prohibits that. But this is what allegedly Carver is saying. He heard her say, "Yeah, I'll do this," but uh, so. This 17-year-old juvenile in Washington then takes turns, in essence, raping this girl. And, and at uh, the same time, video is being recorded right. in the vehicle yes. of this event, and they're basically laughing at her because she can't talk straight, and she's slurring her speech and, and stuff like Callously, that. Callously. Callously, yeah. Um, Brooks now, uh, I mean, Carver believed that Brooks was too drunk. He admits that in his statement. That he believed that she was too drunk to basically give consent. I think we should we should be very clear what he said there. Uh, he said in response to, "Can uh, do you think she can consent?" Something along the lines of that. He right. said, "Quote, I guess." So he didn't say yes or no, but he kind of tacitly. Yeah, he kind of like he left yeah, it open, kind of an open, and that and that's mm-hmm. yeah. And then, um, but he said he hated it what he was seeing. If you hate something, why not stop it? Well, probably because he was. You get kind of caught in that group, or is he pre- just trying pressure. to protect himself? Right, it may, now. it could be. Maybe could he's be. just trying I, to I distance know. himself from what he was really well, doing. Well, I, I think exactly. Probably when he saw what was happening, he was like, "I don't, I don't, I don't like what I'm seeing." But what is he protecting? Why didn't he do anything then? Who knows? Maybe he just got scared. Maybe he was a coward, you know, and and not stand up to his other buddies and say, "Cut it out! This ain't right." But that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. 
And then, of course, according to Carver, Brooks gave him multiple addresses. And, Brandon, you may know more on that, supposedly, that when Carver was asking her, where do you live, to bring her back home, she really couldn't give a proper address, or she gave multiple addresses from what I've been able to pick up, and they ended up dropping her off in front of Pelican Lakes Parkway off Burbank Drive. Yeah, I think it's also necessary for context to add in here. So obviously, uh, she you know died from traumatic injury from a car that hit her, mm-hmm. uh, and we should add in that it was raining that night. So that kind of gives a little more context as to you know these these guys are leaving this woman literally in the pouring rain, right outside. Well, and that's after bank. Carver, I believe it was, said he would give her a ride home because he didn't want to leave her in such an intoxicated state where she was. Oh, really? And so you're going to try to be the knight in shining armor here, but then allow something like this to happen to her? I, I, I kind of think they probably start getting, I think Carver, I, I think based upon what I'm hearing on Carver, I think some fear started creeping up in his brain and probably said, you know what, we need to dump this girl. We need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's kind of what I'm picking up a little bit. He knew that probably what they're doing ain't, you know, this is wrong. And let's get out of here because well, I mean, let's be honest. If she doesn't, if she doesn't get killed, this probably doesn't even make the news. It may, it may, right. it, it may not just even another one the, swept under the rug. Yeah. Just another uh, day at Tiger. It, it, right. Another day at Tigerland. So, I mean, it's, you know, when they probably drop this girl, they probably think this is the last time we're going to see this girl. Right. I, I mean, but unfortunately this girl, because of her, her state, she gets hit. And then, of course, EBRSO at about 2.50 a.m. gets notified of a, of a fatal pedestrian crash. Mm-hmm. So, and then, of course, the postmortem exam revealed that Brooks had injuries consistent with a previous sexual assault, and she tested positive for THC. And not a, just sexual assault, anal rape. Well, that's kind of she was they, sodomized. She was sodomized, not just rape, because there's right. vaginal rape, and right. so this this is to a whole nother level. This is no, oh, yeah, this was this was disgusting. Yes, this was disgusting, and uh, I mean, yeah, it just it's a bad deal. And to speak more to what you're saying about that, the primal fear that you thought that they might have had rising up in them. So I, I spoke with multiple, multiple of my of my own personal friends on this all male friends and i asked them i was like you know you know how many times have you been out to tigerland and um you know what do you do when you go there and you got to ask yourself this question so she's point what point uh point three one nine and she's also got thc in her system and if all the scientific sources on this will show uh WebMD, you know all sorts of other places if you were at point three you're almost unconscious like mm-hmm. to where like you have alcohol poisoning mm-hmm. and if you throw THC on top of that situation, um, I mean, you've essentially lost all motor control. You've lost your ability to speak. You've lost your ability to reason. You probably can't even perform a, a simple mathematics function is two plus two. So the, the men in this situation have to be to some degree aware of this. And, you know, there have certain there's no doubt have been situations where you know a man and a husband a man and his, and his wife are, are going home and they're both super drunk and you know they both end up doing whatever maybe a man and his girlfriend right maybe a man and, and a, a girl you've you know you've not quite dating yet so maybe you question it 
but um, four, I'm sorry, yeah, four men with one girl who they just met. Like, you got to think within their brains, they're like, something about this isn't right. Right. And if, and if you're willing to cross that line, you've got to ask yourself, like, where, where are you morally speaking? Well, you know, there there are sometimes in life, and I'm not talking about experience in this scenario specifically, but I feel like we all have done something we weren't supposed to do, whether it be a teenager, whether it be in your 20s or whatever. But you all know that, like, that moment when you, you probably know that this is wrong, but you just choose not to think about it. You know what I mean? Like, like, you, like, um, or you, maybe you're in with the wrong crowd, you're in with the wrong people, and, like, I have been personally in a scenario where I'm like, this I know isn't right, but sometimes I choose not to think about it and just kind of either play along or I just will go along for the ride. Never anything quite as heinous as this, but, like, and then sometimes I've looked back after the fact and been like, that I I know I knew better, and I ch- I should have done something. And I have I think I'm a better person because of scenarios like that where I'm like, I now will probably say something in a scenario where I feel like this is the wrong thing to do. Or a lot of times, you'll probably keep doing bad things that you probably know are wrong, but you'll still do until you get caught. And then you're like, oh. That was really wrong, and I knew that it was wrong, but I kept doing it anyways. And I feel like it's a scenario kind of like that. I think these guys probably knew that it was wrong, but they chose not to, not to think about it, and they're just going to keep living in this moment. Let's keep going with this until it gets too far, and then we're like, oh, oh, <laughs> now we're in a bad spot. You know, that's at least what I think it it, it sounds like to me, at least. You know, so earlier today I was in uh, I was in political theory, and we we're fun. It's actually, I actually <laughs> yeah. do love it, believe yeah. it uh, And we were talking about Spinoza, and it made me kind of think of, of Kant because we were talking about freedom and how essentially Spinoza's and Kant's formulation of freedom is that you are free from your your appetite, which appetite is kind of defined as basically your primal urges. Mm. So they both kind of agree on that subject. And a lot of people, you know, and this kind of comes to what you were, you were speaking about earlier, actually, with the guitar, where it's where, Sometimes you don't want to do things, and the reason why you don't want to do things is because that is really more in line with your primal urge to be lazy, or maybe in this situation yeah. with your primal urge to, you know, be sexual with a woman. But that that in and of itself makes you a prisoner to your urges, and right. I think a lot of people are ultimately prisoners of their urges. But in this particular case, it metastasized metastasized into something much more sinister. I think. Right. Yeah. 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 I think Washington is obviously has, was allowed to get away with stuff for several years and he was never checked. And unfortunately, you know, right. He didn't, he didn't know what no meant. And here's the fun you part. And, and I use fun extremely sarcastic. Our listeners can't see the sarcasm dripping from my lips here. <laughs> That's just what they got caught for. Exactly. How much did they not get caught for? Because if you've Over done thing, one thing, two things, maybe three things. That's what I'm saying. And you got, just got caught for those. You did a whole bunch more. Well, that kind of brings it back to like the... What was it? Is it three hundred cases in like a year yes. period? Yeah. Right. So you've got to ask yourself this question. So how many are, of them were those guys? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that's or, what. Or, I'm, and then how many? Yeah, how many other people out there? How wrote? many? How many were unreported? Right. Six hundred, a thousand, and in that case, 
if you know what there's 40,000 students so what if you're a woman you have a one in uh what would that be if like a one in five chance of being sexually assaulted at LSU like my god like I mean that's yeah, not, no thank you not one in five I'm sorry it's more like one in uh 40 over like a four-year rolling period something like well, that I think the statistic but, is um one in three women and one in four men are going to be sexually assaulted somehow over their, their lifetime, lifetime. okay no, that's okay, dis- so that's I, I disturbing. don't. I don't disagree with with that at all. You know what? What? If, and if LSU has this culture in Tigerland, and I'm not saying LSU is in the school, but this is part of the LSU experience. Tigerland is part of that experience. How many of them are out there? How many of them don't say anything? I just like I said, the reason why I had said all those all that stuff was because one of the people involved here was like. Who, said specifically that he felt what what was the words that he said he he felt disgusted by it or by, by I think he said going. he hated it right he, 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 he hated yeah, it. according was, i believe was that his, 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 his yeah it yes, was carver so that's that was, what i'm yeah. that's that was, what i'm saying uh, is that like, was a case in carver is it you have enough of a moral compass to know that you hated it like or you felt wrongly about it in some way but because the power but, of peer but, pressure but, well, wait, oh, right man. right is it because you don't you don't want to be the guy who's like, man, maybe we shouldn't do this. You're, like, you're just going to go ahead and play along with it. Even if you don't engage in it, you just being around in the scenario, not saying anything is obviously saying something. But but to you, in that moment, you'll, you're you just trying to take like a, I feel really wrong about this, but I'm just going to keep going along with it because, again, I'm just here already. And by, you know. Well, it's the social incentive structures, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's peer pressure. You get caught up in the moment. And right. it takes courage when you're the minority in a, in a situation like that, that's very charged to right. stand up and say, no, we got to stop this. I mean, it's just, obviously he lacked, he lacked that ability. He we, we said, we he said that. stop that. We said, could have said, guys, cut it out. We're done with this. A lot. And we're going to find episode. this girl. We're going to bring her back to the bar and find somebody that can bring her home or whatever. He didn't do that. He, well, he failed. He failed as a human being. Yes, he did. Backbone, I think, is what we said a whole lot in the last episode. It felt like none of them had like a real backbone to say this isn't right. We should probably stop this. But I, but it's like I said. I think once you got you know you and your three buddies all together and we're all joking around having a fun time, quote unquote fun time. It's like it just feels like oh we're just kind of keep going with the flow until it gets too deep. And then of course I think that's what happened. And so. Well, uh, there's been some other information on this Washington uh, yeah. uh, character. I mean, he's. Uh, I, I was reading another article where he he created a disc tape. If that if I'm saying the the term right, you're referencing a mixtape. It it said disc. No, I, I think disc it's, tape. Yeah, disc tape. It's like a, it, like a disc track or whatever. A disc so, track. It's yeah. a music where he was basically making fun of a a high school athlete that played at Denham Springs High School who who died. Okay. And he, I, I that and there's a whole article where. You know, he was making fun of this, uh, you know, this, which to me kind of reflects on his character. Sure, so that just adds, does. that just adds to, and then when he was actually confronted on the tape, he basically said that I'll fight whoever, uh, I'll fight anybody that, 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 that basically disagrees with me. You know, he was like defending it and saying that, you know, and supposedly he was like a, a leader in his church. And yeah, I mean, I'm not lying. I mean, I was reading some of this stuff on this guy. And he's like, his mama was defending him on, you know, what he would, you know, like 
can never approach him. He's a good boy, and, you know, he would never do that kind of stuff. And I'm like, his actions speak otherwise. So, yeah, I mean, it's this this guy's been problems for a number of years. As I said, how many other, you know, things happen? Because I believe the incident that occurred in Denham Springs, I mean, the girl was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. 12 years old. That's messed up. And then this other event where he walks in in the room where these other girl is engaging in, in, in sex with this other guy, and the other guy says that, well, no, he can't leave. I won't have sex with you if he can't watch. And if you disagree, you can go, you can kick you out the house. And she didn't have a car with her. So she was like, she froze up. She allowed the event to happen to her hmm. because of just a terrible situation. So I, I don't know. I mean, this is a, uh, um, I have a feeling this, this, this kid's life has come to an end. I hope so. Yeah, he'll probably spend the rest of his life in, in probably Angola. I absolutely hope so. What do y'all think leads to young men ending up in situations like this? Ultimately, <laughs> I, I think we. I think I touched on it a little bit, very briefly. What was their home life? What was their family life like? What was I, their upbringing? I said potential lack of father figure. Yep. That would that would be my guess. At, at least that's, that's what I've seen throughout a lot of friends of mine or people that are. Um, have probably like struggled and have um, made something of themselves. Uh, a lot of times, talking through them, they're like, it, it, or at least it, it, this is just, um, like I said, my uh, perspective on the matter. This isn't factual by any means, but like, like I said, a lot of the people that I've talked to, guys that have kind of come through circumstance and made something of themselves, are like, it was kind of hard, like not having a male figure to look up to. Um, and I think that there's a, what is it called? Bifurcation. I guess there's like, there's, you could take two paths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people I've talked to have taken one path, whereas people like this in this scenario have taken a different path, potentially. Well, you know, I mean, there's lots of st- statistical evidence that'll show that people who grow up without fathers are end up much more likely to have uh, things like, for example, Antisocial personality disorder, oppositional defiant disorder, mm. uh, conduct disorder, which it morphs into antisocial personality mm-hmm. disorder. I mean, all sorts of things. So, I mean, no father figure in the family is, I think, a likely culprit. Right. But I, I, I do wonder. So, I think that's that's obviously the the base of operations for how that how you develop these bad behaviors over time it's probably one of many to be, to be honest certainly one yeah. of many but i i wonder too what what happens once you start getting into that scenario so like the first time that it happens because you, like like we said before like this is likely not like the first occurrence for these, right. these right. kids i 100 percent right. agree with that but what was what was the first time you think like when do you when do you cross that first line like what mm. goes to your head i i, I really sincerely wonder because so LSU, uh, so the LSU College Dems and Fems, Feminists uh, wrote a letter in response to Tate's letter about the event, mm. basically saying, oh, like he was weak, like he, he focused much, too much on victim blaming, like he didn't talk about rape culture. And my question for someone who's, who says to me, like, hey, this is the problem of rape culture, is, well, what, well, what is that? Like, what is rape culture? Like, because if, if you can't define where things occur, then you can't have any 
adequate policy measures in order to effectuate change. Mm-hmm. So where do we need to effectuate change is my question in order to I, get rid of this. I don't know how you, f- I, I mean, that, that term could be thrown out there. I, I think it's a lot more complicated an issue because there's so many variables. I mean, you can't, I don't know really what William Tate could have said differently. I, I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with what he said. I, I thought it was a very good statement. Um, I think there's a lot of factors involved in here. I mean, I, I think you've got a bar that's been known to be serving alcohol to underage kids for years. Um, obviously, this girl drank to an excess. They kept, obviously, feeding her alcohol. Now, whether she got drunk or was she drunk before she got there, I, I'm not clear on that. I don't I think, know if she think, had any yeah, liquor before I think part that. part of this can be brought back to retrospect and what this is. This is a generational podcast. We have a boomer, an ex, well, and two millennials now, mm-hmm. yeah, I believe. Um, through COVID, we've seen the dehumanization of the human being. Mm-hmm. Um, just people are closed up, wearing their mask in cars, flipping people off, the ugliness but also the lack of respect for human life that has started pretty much in the X gen and the millennials have come out with zero respect for anything. And I don't want to say this is attributed to the movies and the games that are out in that generation, but that, that I, is, I definitely think it's, it is the internet though. I, I, to, that's exactly answer, where I was going to it. To there go back go. to kind of answer what your question is like, what is the root of this? Like, what, like, how can we affect, or how can we, what you, what was the word you used? How can we like effectuate? Yeah, effectuate. Well, what change? do you mean the internet? Well, I, well that's what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is like, I think that I, there's a number of things that are at play here. I think like what causes a person to take that first step to do something as awful as this, and I think a lot of it is like probably a lack of like discipline in a home structure and openness to the internet, which is just like, mm-hmm. like flooding you with all kinds of awful things. And in my then, age, you, you got caught reading your dad's playboy magazine. <laughs> yeah. that he had. You got your ass beat. Right. Right. And okay, so, but so now kids like Ian saying, they right. just hop on the internet and they can see anything. And yes. so I think, so I think it probably, um, spawns ideas which then spawns into curiosity, which then I think then inevitably probably leads to that like first action. And a lack of control. Yeah. Because you have no control when you're on the internet and you can go and do and see and At least that's that's what I think. I mean, like I said, I could be wrong, but that's what it feels like. Because again, talking to people that are kind of in this like Gen Z, quote unquote, whatever you want to call it, these people that are younger that are like, I have a really messed up sense of... uh, sexual awareness or whatever because of the fact that I was just kind of like it was just so open and dumped on me at like 12 years old that I was and I was like oh really I'd never had that at all and they're like yeah I think I may have like a skewed perspective of it because it was just so like it was just so open everyone talked about you know porn and all this stuff like at a very young age to me Mm -hmm. and I was like I'd never had that and so I I feel like I have a different perspective than than you do and so it's so I I, just the conversations that I've had it feels kind of like for me, like a logical next step of like, oh yeah, if you're just like young and then just open to everything, 
Well, and then you're curious and you go through these teenage years where you're like, well, I'm like trying to experiment. Well, and then, of course, <laughs> when these young men start becoming of age and reaching puberty and have all these hormones and all of these questions. And then we add into the fact that we've discussed there's no father figure. And then you have this lack of control on the Internet and you can see and do and experience absolutely anything with no filter or no control for you where do they direct all this energy where do they direct all this mental goes into destructive into a destructive destructive way because it's so easy to see things that are destructive now it's just not looking at your dad's playboy with some boobies and maybe some pubic hair now what can you actually see on the internet right and you don't know what you're going to see and then that portrays in somebody's head who already has questions who already has because of the way kids are being raised today and there's so many now alphabets and disorders we're increasing all of that and now you put this into a free reign on the internet mm-hmm. yeah, with I, no I, dad to beat the crap out of them and teach them boundaries <laughs> yeah that, that, that'll do it huh but mm-hmm. I, so that's, that's a really good point um and to kind of tie what both of y'all said together um i do think that that online social media is obviously a very huge problem. And if you look at social media, I mean, it started really taking off in like 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, Metalino starts going up around that time. Mm-hmm. Shocker. But uh, <laughs> so, but. Well, I can with, say from, from an experience in my life now that I'm, I'm really not going to put out there, an addiction to electronics and social media has been compared to almost exactly not being addicted to drugs, but being addicted, addicted to heroin. It releases getting the likes or the dislikes or people following you the same release of dopamine and serotonin and all of these things almost exactly as heroin addiction. And what are we doing that to a 12-year-old kid who already has these hormones running through their life now with all of this stuff going through it too? Yeah, so... What are we creating? So the really good point there with the dopamine and how these social media sites and, and particularly porn sites mm-hmm. utilize this, this kind of this, uh, the dopaminergic system in order to basically addict you to it. Mm-hmm. And so and there's this guy, his, his neuroscientist, his name's Andrew Huberman. Uh, he's got a great podcast, but he said, uh, he said, there is no currency, but dopamine. So, I have heard that. I have heard that. So, yeah, whenever you get, whenever you literally get money or you get a thing, you get enjoyment, you're getting a currency in your brain that's being Mm -hmm. spent, and that currency is dopamine. So, whenever you're, you're, you know, you go on to, you know, a porn website and you watch women, you know, behaving in these particular ways, you get this, again, you get addicted to watching women do this type of thing and you get used to, I'll be like, oh, like they, you know, I don't want to get explicit here by any means but you get used to seeing them do things that 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 ain't ain't normal right right and and that's that's where i was going with this you have you have this open thing that you can absolutely see anything happening to a man and a woman now Mm -hmm. it's not just the simple you know looking at the playboy centerfold going ooh ah this is what can you experience on the internet Mm -hmm. and i think uh just to add something real quick uh sorry to cut you off i know you're good you're good uh there's another uh principle that gets taken advantage of here is this thing called availability bias so whenever you see something more frequently 
you're more likely to think that it is, you know, because you acceptable. see it a lot. So, yeah, you think it's acceptable. It's you normal. think, like, oh, like, this this is normal. This oh, happens look, the, all the people time. People are actually doing this on the Internet, so it must be good. Exactly. Right. So you see these women doing these acts, and you're like, oh, wow, this, this is normal. And you don't realize it's happening, but your brain is subtly accepting it as reality. Mm-hmm. And then I just want you to imagine, like, all this whole scenario that we're talking about. All these, all these very intelligent things they're all saying, and just put yourself at your like most curious state at like thirteen years old, trying to figure out what you feel and what you are attracted to and what you believe and who you are fundamentally as a person, and trying to understand that about yourself. And just imagine having this just limitless, limitless cornucopia of the most heinous sexual acts in the mm-hmm. world at your fingertips. Yeah. And what does that do to a person? Absolutely. What it are we warped, creating? It, it warps your brain after yes. a while. Yeah. At least that's what I think and per- there, personally. And there have been studies that have shown that, uh, for example, the okay, I can't, I can't, I always get the white and the gray neural matter mixed up, but it's it's the neuron endings basically get fried from pornography, but also it activates your limbic system, and your limbic system is like your emotional area. Right. So like, mm-hmm. like it's it's your very, like, it's your fear, it's your happiness, it's all that. And it activates that at the expense of your frontal cortex, which is, you know, the thinking area. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it quite literally, like, <laughs> right, decreases right. your capacity to well, reason. Well, Robin Williams actually said it best. And, I, and please bear with me if I get the quote right from Robin Williams. Yes, God created a man with a penis, but he did not create... Uh, enough blood to run the brain and the penis at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's pretty good. And it's kind of true. Yeah, some people can't even run one at the same time. Well, there you go. But, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. you know, um, <laughs> it, and when, now when you're adding all of these things, all of these impulses and receptors just popping off and going crazy with all of this input coming into you know a kid's head that doesn't have a father figure that only gets his information from there well you know, the, what, the, if, what if what if tiktok you know they said tiktok was actually created to spy on americans and be able to um hack into their accounts and now what if it's been you know what if it's been changed to change kids mental perceptive perceptions of life uh what there's, if a, it's there's a, a whole there's a whole experiment that's a that. that's a really deep there's a really deep like uh i don't want to say conspiracy theory because it's hole? actually well no what well, yes because it's actually kind of like it's factual that chinese tiktok is different than american tiktok but we yes. won't get there anyways the whole the the to to kind of further talk about what you're saying with this like whole availability bias we're talking about like lack of a father figure or people. I think really is besides just having a lack of a father is like also just having like lack of discipline in a certain way because it, like we talked about, if somebody doesn't know what's between like what's right and wrong, right, it's hard to discipline them when it, like or there, if there is no discipline to like really convey that something is right or wrong, mm-hmm. it's hard because I. I Again, those same people that I've talked to that have, like, in this, even people that are millennials, they don't discipline their kids in a certain way or or they weren't disciplined in a certain way. Can I add to that? Can I add to that? I, I love exactly what you're saying, and I'm feeling that, but I also would like to add to it, too. If we're If these kids are learning this and they don't know right from wrong, 
That's why. Why couldn't somebody stand up well, and, that, and well, that's, fight? That, that's the whole point that and, I'm saying. I know that's why it, I'm agreeing with it, you and stand up and fight for Madison Brooks and stop it. Well, what, because, like Jason said, they're cowards. That's not, but wait, wait. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is, it, before we get hot and heavy here. Oh, I'm ready. It, I know, I know. But uh, got to get hot and uh, heavy. The point that I'm saying is that if you if you grow up having no perception of what of ever being told that you're wrong or that you ever get reprimanded for doing a bad thing. And then you, you grow up in your preteen years during puberty and you see all these heinous acts. And of course you avail, is it availability bias? You said mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is like you start to believe that all these things are normal, that all these like heinous things are just okay. Um, you start to like double down in the fact that like, not only is this normal, but it's also okay. And even if it is wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm never, I'm never wrong. I'm always right. And even like, I'm never going to get reprimanded for anything is what it feels like. And so maybe it could be the fact that they were, that they felt like it was wrong and they didn't want to say anything because they just wanted to keep quiet and keep in the moment. But at the same time, did any of them feel like it was really wrong? Who knows? We may, we may never know, but it just, you're right. Is it, who knows? Where it, are the real men right. to stand up and defend somebody? They need defend honor. Defend have, a lady. What I believe the chivalry. Have, yeah, well, you know, I, uh, I believe we also I, said this in the previous I, episode I, as well. Some say chivalry is dead. Been saying that for twenty years. I don't think so. Been saying that I don't for think so either because I'm still alive. I, number you one, know, I, 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 I think I, I, I agree with you. I, I believe in 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 chivalry and the way it should be, uh, but I, I don't. I don't see that much anymore. I, I really don't. I mean, I just think I, I think I just, that I think that instead of saying chivalry, I think a, a majority of upstanding people is is going well, away. Well, it, it comes back it, to it's morals. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> it's like just, it's just saying like more it's, like it's a moral issue. I instead mean, of saying a, chivalry, is that I feel like morality is taking like a, well, a tank. Is what that's it feels another like. topic for because it doesn't just feel like treating people with respect. It feels like knowing and understanding what is right and wrong, like fundamentally, because well, we that can, just we feels can so look skewed. At, look, we can look at how people perceive themselves today. It's hard to respect anything when you don't have respect for yourself. And you can't even, you know, how, how do you view yourself? And, and people can't. They, they're just so hard on themselves. They're confused about so many things in the world today. They're confused about themselves. How are you going to respect something else? Young men need fathers it is critical, and I don't know where it's going because right now the amount of people growing up in single-parent households, it's, it's just rising. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the statistics on marriage aren't good to begin with. There's just, I mean, I think it's, what, 50% of marriages fail. So I think it's uh, more than that. It now. may be more than that. So uh, there's going to be more of that, and, and I, I don't know how we get a handle on on this, I, I really don't. But I know real quick, I, I want to, because when you know, we start talking about uh, the effects of porn and stuff like that, just for our listeners, uh, Act 440 of the Louisiana legislature um, passed a law requiring an ID to access porn. I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah. It's not across so, the board. I think it is. I think it's major, uh, major porn sites. Not all of them, though. But, yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's what? It's like. Maybe twenty five percent or more of your website is porn, or st- yeah, maybe twenty five or thirty three. I, I, I remember something yeah. keyed up in my brain. Cause I remember reading about something in the news about mm-hmm. that. I so. heard from I heard from some people that they had said it's like major sites, like all the big, the all heavy the, hitters or whatever have to right. have an ID to access them at all, like even to get on them. Suppos- I, mean, does, I mean, I imagine that'll help, but I mean, anybody can access 
information. Well, I mean, yeah. surely, yeah. but you got to think it, it's making some impact, right? Oh, yeah, it has mm-hmm. some impact. It, you know, it'll help some, but, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. <sighs> One of the things I would like to, to, to get into this on now, I'd like to bring it back to the culture of most states in the country have what's called a dram law. And Louisiana has anti-dram laws. That's right. And basically, if you, uh, uh, an entity, a bar or a restaurant or whatever, even if you go to somebody's house and they serve you alcohol, they are responsible for those actions. If they, if you get drunk or beyond um, some kind of capacity to make good decisions, but Louisiana has passed laws that are anti-dram laws that now only hold the server somewhat responsible for that. Yeah, I believe they're considered, what, contract employees? Contract yes, employees, are, yeah. so it doesn't hold the bar or the bar owner now responsible. Why? So Why is that? I, th- I think this is this is a really excellent point to bring up. Um, so uh, I was actually a bartender for probably three years oh, or so. Cool. Bartended a couple of different places. Um, and, you know, you have to take, obviously, I, actually I'm still registered at ABC and ATC. Uh, but a lot of the part of the training is where they tell you, they're like, hey, like, you know, it's your responsibility if if someone is super drunk and they're walking out and you see them stumbling out, if you don't do something, like, that's a problem. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a legal problem. It's, it's also a moral problem, but it's also a legal problem. And I worked at Chimes for about two years, and we had, you know, we had a very good culture there with that type of thing where we had our regulars. They would, you know, they had a few too many. They'd be stumbling. We'd be like, hey, man, like, you, you look like, like, you're, like you, you've had too many. Like, I don't think you should drive. And that type of responsibility and that type of care for human life mm. is something that it's very clear that these bartenders in Tigerland are not doing. Like, it, oh it, yeah. It's very, very clear. It's they're, too much they're, money to be made. And I think like, like I said, depending on now, now I don't want to speak for like a Monday for instance, and I'm not trying to be devil's advocate a hundred percent. I'm not saying it's right, but I know that like some of those some of those bars down there in Tigerland, because of the location and because of how many people go there, I can. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying that I can understand people falling through the cracks because there's so many people. Again, in this scenario, because it's a Monday, I feel like that's probably not a good enough excuse. But like on like a Friday or Saturday, where I know that there can be hundreds upon hundreds of people, I, I could see how, you know, um, even if you do care, sometimes it's just too much. Well, I'm sorry. And I think there needs to I'm be more security. I'm almost 60 years old. And I've had a big scar for brain surgery. And if I go buy alcohol, I'm carded. And in some places, I have to insert that card in something to verify that it's a good card and recognizes whether it's a good idea or not. Why can't these bars do the same thing? Well, I, I think we should be very clear here on that. Um, they Most of these bars and Fred's and Reggie's, to my understanding, card at the door. Now, mm-hmm. what, what's happening is they're fake IDs. Mm-hmm. That's and what I'm saying. But if if my if I put my ID in wherever I go buy alcohol, that's what that ID machine is. It's connected to the internet, and it it verifies that it's a legal ID. ID number one, and you know you have to take a moment and actually look at the person instead of going, oh, okay, the date's right. 
I'm not, so, I, I wasn't even talking about like from like an ID perspective. I'm just bringing about, it to another level. I, I, know, I know. I'm just talking about people that are legal and that can drink and that probably do have too much in a scenario like that where there are also potentially four to 500 people all crammed in I'm, one place I'm trying to attack the cu- a culture of Tigerland notoriously from back even in the 80s when I was going out serving underage drinks. I, 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 again, I think we should be really, really clear on this. Some of these, uh, a lot of these cards do scan. So they, they, they say they're 21 and they scan. Mm. So they get past that check. So the mm-hmm. only way that they have in order to be able to tell is, is by looks. Uh, but that's that kind can of be more, deceiving too. But that can I, be deceiving I, too. I would actually argue very heavily on that. Uh, Cause I, like I said, a bartender for three years and it's pretty, pretty darn obvious who's, who's oh, 18. Yeah. And, right. Who's not? And and, and as a okay. bartender, I you look good for sixty, the, and I'm still getting carded. That's that's part of the law. Okay. The, no, it it is. If you look under forty five, you're being carded. Yeah, and that that is part of the law. But I could tell you, like they're they're probably not carding whenever they go to the uh, to the bar itself. They're carding at the door. Uh, and wherever right. it's so carded, once they slip out, they get past the door. Once they get past the door, it's free for all. But then, yeah. why are we letting somebody in? Not all of these kids have a fake ID mm-hmm. because how does it go? Okay, you can go into the bar when you're 18. You just can't drink until you're 21. That's how they get the girls in the bars, and so the guys buy the drinks. The money is the guys. The 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 girls bringing are the, the money in. The girls are the attraction. So you're creating a culture right there, right there. Bring the, the, the underage girls in, the guys will buy the drinks, and we don't care what happens once they get past the door. Why is the bar not responsible? You start making them responsible, I guarantee you they will fix that problem. Oh, I mean, I, I, I agree with you on that. And Ian, to your point, uh, I think it's, that's a really good point that you bring up that sometimes that they're – there, there are hundreds of people there. Like there, there are oh, absolutely right. hundreds. Because I, I, I know that, again, with the as a musician, with the work that I've done, I've been down there, and sometimes it gets overwhelming, even for me. And I'm like, I, I, I have a job to do here. Okay. And I'm like, and this is... I agree. But, but if you're but, making that kind of money, you're right. put six people at the door. I, I mean, you're okay, right. Don't but, just have one door person with three or four people walking by them and not checking it. Right. Put six people at the door. If you make them but, responsible... But, they will do it. I, you're, you're right. I'm not going to. I can share probably why it is that way. The liquor lobby is very, very strong in the state of Louisiana. Absolutely. There is a culture of drinking and eating in our state, which is great, which makes Louisiana a very unique place. We celebrate our unique cuisine, and oftentimes that comes with with alcohol and trust me when they dropped the DWI threshold from 0.10 to 0.08 guess who fought that it was the liquor lobby and they have been fighting those type of laws for years they don't want that liability they don't and if you're a business owner you don't want that liability either that is, that, Im, that impacts ultimately my bottom line of how much liquor I'm sure. going to be able to sell. Absolutely. That's why it is what it is. The only I, effect and change that you will make 
is to affect and change somebody's pocketbook. That's it. If you don't affect their pocketbook, they have no incentive to make the changes. And I know some people that own restaurants would probably be saying, Jason, (laughs) you don't need to be saying that. And so, like, (laughs) another thing, too, is, like, again, I, you said something earlier that I don't fully agree with either because, again, I know people that work in that scene as well. Is like, they're not, yes, they're trying to get girls in the bar and guys there but they're not specifically targeting underage girls. They're trying to get people in the bar because they're trying to make money. That's the whole thing. They're trying to make money and they're trying to do it as legal as possible from at least from the people that I've talked about in this scenario. And so, and again, because it is so popular and it is the place to be, and this is what I've learned from working at the coffee shop. This is what I've learned from talking to people in this greater community. Is it because it's the place to be, it attracts everyone. Okay. Here's, especially here's people that, no, 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 hold, hold, wait, 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 especially people that are underage and you're, yes, you're right. There needs to be better checks and balances in place. But at the same time, I think that like the business is trying to target the the correct demographic, but it's also encompassing people that are not legally supposed to be there. And like, yes, they're getting, they're falling through the cracks and they need to get better at it, but I don't think they're specifically hunting them down. Why change the law? Hey, you got to be 21 to get in the bar. So they changed the law to be 18. They are targeting those people. I'm not saying targeting 16 and 17 year olds, but underage drinking is under 21. So if we're going to say, okay, a girl can come in when she's 18, she just can't drink until she's 21. I, okay. You are specifically targeting that I haven't because been. girls over 21 years old, 22, 23, have their heads in the books trying to further the, their education the, and the 18 to 20 year olds are going, oh, it's party time. I'm out of mom the, and dad's house. The people, the places that I'm talking about though, and I apologize, I didn't know that's what you meant. The people, the places I'm talking about don't let you in under 21. Okay. That's so, not yeah, the so, ones we're talking yeah, about. We're saying. talking about Tiger Town, Tiger Land right now. Okay. Where it is, that is the culture. That's why they want these girls in here. That's why they give them a free pass to get in there because the boys are going to go in there and buy them drinks. And the older girls are studying. They got their heads in the books. So they have I wouldn't to necessarily say that. They're actually I, at Fred's. They're actually, at, they're actually <laughs> in those places as well. They All are, across the but board. Number wise, there's more of the younger ones going. I don't, Oop, but I'm I don't believe that. House. I don't believe that. I, I, I kind of lean toward Ian. What Ian's saying, I, 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 I believe they're all there um, because because it's a festive okay, atmosphere. They, you know what? They are all there. But guess what? You just did by allowing the eighteen to twenty I mean, ones yeah, in. There. You're not wrong. Did you double the numbers? Did you triple the numbers? How many more targets did you put out there because you want to get girls into the bar to sell drinks? Well, I think. We're, we're kind of mixing, I think, causality and, um, and, and blame here. So it, it certainly, it, there is blame to be had on the bars themselves for being unbelievably irresponsible. Uh, you've got to think, like, the, the, these are kind of downwind effects that occur with these guys who end up coming into sure. these bars. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think ultimately it, it is the bar's fault, but there's, mm-hmm. there are multiple places that we need to attack here. It's it's not just it's not just the bars themselves. It's also right. we need to say, hey, like if if these you know if these sexual assault cases are occurring, like we are going to bust you. Like we're we're right. not yeah. going to let you I get agree. away. Hundred percent. Because if you know we could we could fix the bar situation, You're right. but we may that may not ultimately fix all the sexual, sexual assault yeah. cases yeah. that are getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Anything. I mean, it right. doesn't stop anybody from you know somebody buying a bunch of liquor and going somewhere else and and getting drunk. You don't have to go to a bar to get drunk. That's right. So, I mean, you really can't control it on that end. 
I mean, ultimately, it's 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 people yes. have to have to have some responsibility about themselves. I know I mentioned it in the last podcast, and I remember we were discussing uh, some of the Facebook comments when this story first broke, and I and I brought up a comment that a guy put in there about Madison Brooks that nobody wanted to hear that she had some blame in getting herself to such a state that she was incapable of making rational decisions. Ultimately, the individual chooses to drink Mm -hmm. and to drink to a point where I'm, I can't think right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and but I'm I, sorry, in you, life, you should be able to go to the extreme and get drunk and enjoy life without four wolves and predators. But you should do that in the comfort taking, of your own home, I think, uh, okay, in public. That's what I'm saying. I agree totally with you. I don't believe anybody should be assaulted. But the reality is we don't live in that kind of world. Right. We live, in a, we live in the jungle. In a world And we have wolves. people waiting to pounce upon you when given the opportunity yes. and to walk in life and not realize that, then I don't know what to tell you because we might as well just leave our doors open, expose our, our critical account information out to the public. And you know what? No one's going to do any harm to us. The reality is we live in a world where people are going to do harm to you. You have to be able to protect yourself to some yes. degree. That's where I think the fine line exists. Well, we have a tragedy that occurs. Is there blame on both sides to a degree? More so on the wolves that attacked. But maybe if she doesn't drink as much, or maybe she doesn't drink at all, does that happen to her? Does she get in in the car? I, I, I can't. Does she get in the car with those four guys? I I don't know. I'm going to have to push back with you on that as well. I can't can't go there. I can't can't follow you down that hole because I'm sorry. It's a free world. As long as you're not hurting somebody, you should be able to do what the hell you want. And if she wants to go out and get into a drunk, complete stupor, fine. She should be able to do that without two people raping her and two people watching. As a father, would you tell your daughter that? For me, like would you, if I if, if you I, had a little girl, what would what would you tell her? What if, what so, sort of thing would you sell? If tell I, her if, to hold her? on, wait, let me let me say something before we get too far off the rails here. <laughs> I agree with all parties involved with what we're talking about right now. The hard part is that she did it by herself is another thing. Like yeah. yes, you are allowed to make a free decision to get shit face wasted if you want to. You can do that. I also think it's some some of her fault for going there by herself and getting that drunk. I think that there is that there are multiple things at play here, just like what we were talking about before about how, uh, you know, who all is at, at fault here. The bars are at fault, uh, the whole campus, the whole culture, everything. But at the same time, I feel like it's also you can do that. You can one hundred percent get blasted drunk. But I feel like you also should have been a little bit more responsible and like had somebody there that could like have yeah, your best ha- interest ha- at d- heart. Yeah, d- have your back. At least somebody a little bit. there have you back because at that point, like yes, you can make that kind of decision, and in and in this and in this sober minded state, I, I would I would potentially put myself or even talk to my daughter in a situation like that and say, you can do whatever you want, but please be careful and have someone there that can take care of you instead of just going out with four, taking a, hitching a ride from four random people, and you don't know what's going to happen. I don't feel like that's responsible in, in, on any part. I mean, but, but at that point, was she even coherent enough to make a decision at all? Like, okay. it, it, so it's was, like, she, was she irresponsible? Yes. Was she to blame? No. 
No, no, I don't think nobody's blaming. No, no. I don't think nobody's blaming her. But as I said, you you have to take some precautions to go. I guess because I view the world, there are people out there to screw you over. Period. Okay. And See, if there weren't so, people like that, I would not have had the career that I had for twenty four years. Okay, I understand that. I am that that mentality is the very reason. I was in private sector protective services for 24 years. Okay. I get that. We have to protect ourselves, but we should still be able to do that without the wolves taking advantage. They are those four men, 100% responsible for all of this. They are responsible for her death. Even if it's through negligence of throwing her out of a car Onto the brainy right. road. We're not. We're not trying to say that and, she's. And yeah. as responsible. far as again, also responsible uh, for serving an underage person that much alcohol. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. This is to me the where I don't know. Uh, did she get that drunk there, or was she already drunk from somewhere else and came there, and maybe just consumed a little bit more? I don't know. That's well, a, we we so, did we did some studying Sunday. Pre, you know, in uh-huh. a pre thing here, what what was what did we find out uh, with Hottie Doctor? Um, uh, Sixteen to twenty two drinks is what she would have had to consume to get that level. To get that level, okay, that's um, a lot of that's, that's a lot, a lot of, of alcohol. That's a lot of now, that's that a lot of be, alcohol. You know, a bunch of shots. That could be anything, right? But that's what that bar does. That's what those bars there. They're shots. They line up 20 bar, uh, 20 shots. They fill them up and the girls just start down in three or four shots at a time. And in, in, in terms of the responsibility thing, this is, I think this is, this is an incredibly tough line to walk uh, because this is along the lines of what people were saying in terms of like victim blaming and this, that, right. and yes. like the letter from Dems and feminists. And, uh, you know, I think they're, I think sometimes, I think for, they went a little too far with their attack of rape culture because, it, like I said, it doesn't have specific policy adjustments. It's just a word. Um, but if you talk about like what Madison Brooks herself did, what like what differently should she have done? Right? You, you say like maybe she shouldn't have went to the bar, but like let's ask ourselves like how 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 logical is this of a of a request for a sorority girl or, you know, or any college person. That's why I was trying like to say, the, like, it, just having somebody there, like a buddy system, which is, I think, responsible in any, any well, facet Miranda of life. Miranda brought that up because this I, girl not, was Alpha Phi say, yeah. and Miranda was Alpha Phi also. And she said when she went and, and, and was in this sorority that you weren't, the rules were you weren't allowed to go to a bar without two or three girls with you. You weren't allowed to do these things. Uh, to, to my so, understanding, she, she did go there with people beforehand, mm-hmm. but somehow got separated, dis- dis- yeah, separated, yeah, separated. from them. And, and that's and, and, it. Like and, I said, there's so many, there's so many nuanced details that, that it makes the whole situation hard. That's the only thing I was saying. If she had people there that were going to take care of her, then I think it's on them in some way that they should have, you know, also, if you've gone there as a team, like that's the whole anyways, that doesn't, we're getting off into the weeds here, but that's, See, I, I think right. the thing is in terms of, so we talk about, you know, Madison Brooks, this Madison Brooks, that, but what is it about her decisions that like, like I said, led to this process. So we say, you know, maybe she's responsible because of X, Y, and Z thing that she did. But like, if I go out, you know, this is a little bit different of a situation, but if I, if I walk outside of my house and I get hit by a car, like, is that, is that my fault? Now, 
of maybe if I get into a car and I and I drive belligerently and I run into another car, like you know that that might be my fault. But that's not what Madison Brooks did. Or is Ma- it Madison the other Brooks, car's fault for getting in your lane or getting out? Uh, period. But, just getting out of their house. But with, with with Madison, this these are things that like we expect college kids to do. Yes, we expect them to go out. We expect them right. to go get drunk. Uh, but we don't expect them to end up getting assaulted or getting, you know, raped or whatnot. And that decision, it, it, that that's not a decision that she made. That's a decision that other people made. Right? Yeah. And yep. there's nothing that she could have done to make that happen. So to make that not happen, like right. realistically, like what is she going to do? Stay in her house all day? Like, I mean, I guess right. that that would work pretty well to for that to not happen. And even the then, these guys you could have a break going, in. The way these guys were going, she could have had one drink. They could have put something in it and it could have happened anyway. Exactly. Okay. So we like don't even know where she was smoking, where she got the THC from. You know, did they do that when they were in the car and they were trying to get her a little more loose or a little more docile to where they could do what they wanted? We don't know where that THC came from. So, you know, her making certain decisions is one thing, but people taking advantage of that is where I have to take a stand. That Exactly. So that that's kind of the point that I was driving at. So where we talk about like the father figures thing and what ends up with these kids where they get to these decisions like it is completely on them and this kind of gets to like this this old school version of what reality used to be in that we used to be so you know all the feminists they always talk about taking down the patriarchy this that whatever but sh- but chivalry is is a quite a good thing and to say i as a man should be a protector of women and when women go out they should they should have some degree of being able to rely on, like I said earlier, like maybe a bartender sees them stumble out and says, yes. Hey, you know, this doesn't look right. Or like maybe some dude, you know, that she doesn't even know sees, you know, some, some, you know, four dudes walking off with a girl who's blackout. And maybe he's, he's like, Hey, like, is, is like, is this okay? Like, but none of those steps occurred. And I, when I look at it from that perspective, to me, it seems like a societal failure as opposed to a single individual failure. Right. Like, what do y'all think? I believe you. I no, I, I agree. It's a societal failure. Now, uh, real quick, did she did she work at Reggie's? At one point at one in time, time, it's reported that she was a door I, girl I, I, I thought Reggie's. I read that where she was at one time or was a current yes. employee or something reported. like that. Reported. They're working on those details right okay. now. Yeah, I wasn't able to confirm that. Okay. Probably one of those under-the-table yeah. cash-type jobs. Right. You never were on the payroll. <laughs> exactly. For for their own, because again, she's not probably legally allowed to work there, kind of thing. But potentially, I'm not trying to. It's all hypothetical here, so. <laughs> I mean, th- be surprised. Th- 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 these kind of situations are, are tragedies. They are. I I just I wish, at a minimum, you know, I, I wish she would have been with a group. Uh, I think she would have been, or I guess if nothing else, a, a and, better group of people that right really exactly. And I I have a problem with if 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 her sorority sisters or whatever or group that she may have been with, they abandoned her. Messed up. I mean, to me, I, I find that dis- that disturbing considering that I know the issue of crime and stuff that's been going on around LSU. I mean, that's kind of been, you probably more in a pulse on, on just the overall crime issues around LSU. And that, that has to have been permeating through, the student body certainly yeah and we have a I think we have an alert system for this and uh it used to be a joke i guess it's a, it's a sick joke but you know me and me and my a couple of friends we used to always go study at the lsu library and it's just be like 
once weekly. Be like, shots fired Astor Street. Shots fired East State Street. Robbery on uh, you know East Campus Lake East Lake Shore. You know, it, it's 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 so frequent at this point that it's it's like it's normal. God. So hey. people have become desensitized to it. Oh, certainly. Yeah, within the past, yeah, and and it's definitely. I would say, I would say it's slid a, a little bit, and even in the like past two years that I've been there. Interesting. Over, over so, that four so, year, you know, period. Come, people have built up a, you know, somewhat some shells around them a little bit, where, you know, oh well, you know, it's just kind of normal. What you see stuff. on the internet is just becoming normalized. That's becoming normal. Yeah, I mean, that's, don't care that's, that's that's and that's another whole issue. I would um, like to add also that she also died kind of a hero because her her some of her organs were donated to help somebody else heart and a kidney heart and kidneys yep. and i think that's pretty fantastic um i hate this story i hate that we have to do this story it just makes me sick because i love louisiana um i've moved around the world since 1981 and i always seem to come back to louisiana and this just absolutely makes me sick to my stomach that we have to not only do this story once, but twice. And I'm not sure it'll be the last time. And I'm just sad. Well, tragedies are, as I said, the failure of, of society, of society of human, of, of, a failure of human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, to do the right thing, you know? It's just, we all make decisions. These four young men allowed their dark side to win. Darkness won in this tragedy. It really did. And everybody out there has to, you know, I hate to say the old cliche, the the good angel and the bad angel on your shoulder. Which one are you going to listen to? How are you going to live your life? What sort of actions are you going to take that day? You know, these four guys chose to go down a dark path. And now their lives are ruined. In a sense, there's five victims oh, there's in this more, whole there's event. More than five their lives, they're going to look back when these guys are 50 years old. 55, 60 years old, they may still, a couple of them may still be in prison. They're going to look back of how stupid, why did I do that? They're going to look at themselves in the mirror. I hope that they're going to have to answer that. I hope they do. That's the, that's the thing that scares me is like that someone could go get. I don't think they will. As I'm saying, is like some people, people, it, it makes me nervous that someone could go to prison for that long if someone could do something so awful and then go to prison and like finally like quote unquote get in trouble for something, get reprimanded for the actions that they've committed and still feel like I wasn't wrong. I didn't do anything wrong or, you know, or, or they don't see the, I think their, their failures. only regret is not what they did. I think their only regret is, is that they got caught. Potentially. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. I don't know. Maybe so. But I'm going to tell you if, if they've if, done it this many times, if, if, they if, haven't regretted anything because I tell you what, when I do something and I do something stupid and I regret it, guess what? I'm not going to do. Yeah. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice or I'm going to do everything that I can to not do it again. 
because I have regret and I have a moral compass in me and I have something in the back of my head telling me stop doing that stupid shit. So if they've done it this many times, they don't regret the act. They regret getting caught. At this point in their life, I agree with you. But as I said, if these guys are convicted and they're sentenced to prison and looks like Washington, based on his charges, uh, probably looks like it's going to be the that and the, the 17-year-old juvenile, that's a whole different ballgame because he's still a juvenile, so the law treats him differently. They can try him as an adult. They can. They can. Um, but I, I'm just telling you when – you know, 25 and 30 years from now, they're going to be different because age has a tendency of changing you. You were a certain way at this point in your life. He's probably going to be different when he's 50 plus. I hope. And I guarantee him when he's staring out behind bars and he's walking the yard and he's pretty much institutionalized by that time in his life. Oh, yeah. They're going to think back on this. They're going to think back on this and go, I messed up. I don't think so. But that's my All right. opinion. Well, we got we to gotta wrap this up. <laughs> Man, we're, we've gone on for a hot minute here about this. Well, I'm uh, telling you what. Brandon, what do you think? Is this your first podcast that you did, or have you done others before? This is my first podcast, yes. Okay. All Fun right. Thing, yeah. So what do you think? Did you? <laughs> Sorry. This is a horrible rough. subject. Yeah, I know. It's a terrible topic. Terrible topic. We, we <laughs> have thoroughly enjoyed you and your knowledge and your opinion on here, and we appreciate yes. you making the long drive out here to the studio. And thank you for coming, and thank you for sharing with us. Oh, thank you for letting me uh, speak on the subject. I, I really hope we can, we, can, we can catalyze some change here because, this, like I said, this is obviously clearly to anyone who's been in Baton Rouge for more than a few years, this is a problem. And it's a problem that needs to be solved for the sake of dozens, hundreds of young, thousands of young girls. I, I would like to uh, offer you an opportunity now to um, uh, let people know how they can reach you. Um, you're one of the editors of the Reveille, you said. Um, how, how can they reach you and where can they look for further articles from you or your, um, your writers? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you can, you can catch me at LSU uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at, at Brando Pine. What is that? That's B R A N D O P I N I O N E long name. I know, but that's okay. Actually, hey, one last thing. Uh, if you'd like to send in a letter, a letter to the editor, you can you can go ahead and send it in to me about that topic, uh, Madison Burks, or you can send it about any topic. I'd love to hear everyone Batners in Louisiana area's opinions. Thank y'all. Awesome. Well, I found out something. I sorry, Ian, right there okay. that the Reveille actually still does paper. Yes, it is. I thought by now it would be all online. All, all digital. <laughs> and, and, and now you, you told us that some of it's still printed on paper. That's fantastic. That's cool. All right. Well, if you're looking to get in touch with us, we have a uh, we have uh, our Facebook page, Retrospect Pod, uh, where you can go ahead and get in contact with us and give us different uh, topics. Or you can go ahead and just reach out to us and talk to us that way. We also have a link tree forward slash Retrospect Pod where we have all of our uh, different topics. Uh, uh, 
podcasting platforms you can listen to us on or the other social media as well. But until next week, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Good night, everyone. God bless. You're the best. Peace. Peace.